Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir. And this is now and forever a teen drama Riverdale cast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Riverdale the, has come back to us. In the return of the century, uh, Riverdale is back. And it's as <laughs> good as it ever was, I guess. Kevin, do you remember when the show started and we used to have dinner together all the time before we recorded? Like, we would buy <laughs> dinner. I think we went out for wings a couple of times, yeah. which I don't understand how we could have done that because... And now it's just so exhausting. <laughs> it's just... It's a full day requirement to be like, oh, man, we gotta... Gotta work my way up to watching this episode. Yeah, we don't... <laughs> Starcross, I could watch on the same day that we record. Riverdale, no, I gotta get, gotta get a night in there. I was doing dry January. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Riverdale made you drink. (laughs) Okay. I just felt like I needed something. I mean, it sounds wrong. Riverdale did not drive me to drinking, but I was like, what's something I like that I can do while I'm watching this? (laughs) Maybe I'll have a glass of wine. (laughs) This will help. Well, I mean, let's... (sighs) Let's begin before we get into it. Uh, just basic thoughts. I had a few things. Number one that I kind of want to begin with uh, is the fact that this doesn't feel like a season premiere. And I mean, yeah. I, we're not, I mean, it's obviously not. Yeah, I'm not going to hold against them. I feel like they could have tried a little bit harder to make it feel more Here's the thing. season premiere especially in the very beginning of it. I watched Super... Like, I love the show Superstore. Yeah. And Superstore also got cut off early. Yeah. So they did one episode where they were like, hey, this is what's been going on since the last season. And Superstore is doing COVID. Yeah. So they did like a month by month. This is what's going on with COVID. Yeah. Episode two, they did what was clearly meant to be their season finale. Yeah. The- but even their premiere, like their COVID episode was amazing. Grey's Anatomy did the same thing. They got cut off early. Yeah. They did a great job of it- like weaving storylines back in. It feels a lot like, and don't go, Riverdale had a recap. But once the actual episode started, it doesn't feel like they they did any pivoting. They just sort of like did the episode. They did they the had. exact same episode and didn't change anything at all. So like I will both I I I'm not going to hold it against them that it doesn't feel like a season premiere because it's not a season premiere. But at the same time, you could have tried a little harder. <laughs> like do something. Although I will say I was so excited. Um, FP appears very, very briefly in this episode. And I was just like, Skeet Ulrich, good for you. You came back and did your couple of episodes. No, here's the thing I'm wondering. I spent most of this episode trying to figure out. Some of it was shot beforehand. We know. did they film it before? I was trying to figure out when things were filmed. Uh, There's a sequence in this where we'll go to a place where a lot of people are wearing masks. I thought like, oh, they're wearing like masks. But some of them are wearing masks specifically with the mouth cut out. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's not a cool cover for filming COVID, COVID with extras. Huh. Um, what I will <laughs> tell you is Skeet Ulrich did leave the show. Yeah, we know. Maricel Nichols changed her mind. Yeah. She's Hermione's coming back. Yeah, which is okay. <laughs> uh, we, we'll, we'll have to get into this, but very quickly, before we get into the actual recap of the show what was any anything you want to uh, any any initial thoughts this was a very riverdale episode yeah it does what riverdale does which yeah. is smash all stakes to the ground <laughs> and make very strong moral <laughs> stances on things yeah and never take a moment to breathe yeah just run and scream yeah so 
We might as well begin running and screaming, because this is Riverdale Season 5, Episode 1, Climax. Climax. Okay, can I just say, like, be this a season <laughs> premiere or, like, a, almost the end of a season episode? Well, an episode called Climax. Nothing climactic happens. Yeah, it's not even, like, a sex scene that, like, if, if you could be like, oh, you get a climax and there's, like, a very... Uh, a sexy it, montage? Yeah, there's not. There's there's none of that. Uh, <laughs> so, we start where last season ended... In the cabin. So, a quick recap for you, the uh, listener, in case you don't remember, though you could just go back and watch your other stuff. Or, or listen to you other could stuff. watch the thing that just they recap. played before the episode, where they replayed season four. <laughs> yeah. Just reminded where it ended. It ended with uh, Betty and Jughead in the creepy cabin that Jughead apparently just created out of thin air from his story. Watching the video of Mr. Honey. Or the person with the must- Mr. Honey mask and a sign saying it's Mr. Honey because, you know. In case you didn't get it. Getting uh, getting killed. What did they do afterwards? They <laughs> called the police. <laughs> they called the FBI. Which, I mean, to be fair, the FBI is Betty's brother. <laughs> yeah. But this never happens on this show. Well, not- the only time they called the police before was when Jughead was fake dead in well, a coma. And not only that, we had this whole thing at, throughout the break of us being like, oh, so we know that Jughead wrote a story about them killing Mr. Honey. And we were very concerned about the fact that he didn't change anyone's names. No, nah, Jughead comes, <laughs> Charles comes in and goes, no, nah, Mr. Honey's fine. He will not be appearing this episode. Uh, but which, he is certainly alive. But which may maybe means that he's not alive because we know Charles is the... We, Charles is the bad we guy. Know, we know it's Charles. It has to be Charles. Yeah, um, and the Jughead reiterates... <laughs> He's like, like, well, I know, and as as I told you, I wrote a story that involved this cabin and us killing Mister Honey. Somehow, this this auteur, and they keep calling him the auteur the entire episode. It's very annoying. It's super annoying because they were they will constantly. And God, we might have said this last season. It's so annoying how they ignore the fact that it's a group. It's, it's clearly, clearly a, a group. group. The, it is. It's so weird to me that these videos aren't people getting killed. Like the, it's, they're always like, no, no, they're they're reenacting these things. But are they people getting killed? Because sometimes it seems to imply that these are snuff films. It's yeah. very unclear. Yeah, but the 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 people like there's been times where uh, you know Betty hitting Jughead. They seem to imply that it's that's like it, there's not actually someone being killed. The the characters have said it, which I mean they could be wrong. But they've said it so many times. It feels like you as the audience is supposed to agree. Oh yeah, it's just them. Well, and at the end of the episode, there will be something that occurs where yeah. it's very obvious that they're not actually killing anyone. Yeah. They're just freaking some kids out. Yeah, which makes me more confused. Like, why is the FBI involved in not murders? Like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of creepy stalking going on. But this doesn't feel like this FBI levels of... <laughs> seems like you could call FP yeah, like, instead of Charles. <laughs> like, not saying you shouldn't take this seriously, but this was going on for months and no one has died. It's been creepy and weird and definitely someone – maybe that's why they're, like, just Charles and one other FBI agent. Just this one girl. Because they're like, I don't know. I feel like we got actual serial killers <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> we got witches somewhere. 
So the other FBI agent comes up with a baggie of things, and it's a ripped-up ticket stubs that, oh, my God, say B&V on them. (laughs) And Betty, who – Is normally smart. Betty – okay. Betty had to take – like, it's been a long summer. They've been standing there for months and months. Her – she had to pull that cord to get the engine going a little bit because they see the BV, and Betty goes, like Betty and Veronica (laughs) – and then not even Charles, Jughead goes, no, Blue Velvet. Remember that movie store that was like an ongoing plot point last season? Why would it say Betty and Veronica? Veronica isn't involved in this story. Be- Betty, go go lie down. I, I, I think you're sick. <laughs> Betty and Veronica. Someone in the writer's room said that and they decided to put it in, like, right? Oh, so clever. Yeah, you know, Blue <laughs> blue Velvet BV is kind of like Betty and Veronica. And everyone's like, oh, that's a, that's a funny joke. We should make someone say it. And nobody there was like, no, we shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Can we guess who may have <laughs> made that joke? No, there's no way to make that joke. Mm. Now, because she did mention Veronica, it, it much like the devil, it summons her. So Veronica is... Hanging out in Archie's bedroom, dressing herself. <laughs> now, you might think, oh, so her and Archie just had sexy times. No, Archie wasn't there. Archie was running, Archie... and Veronica was dressing. There is moments in Riverdale where characters will just be places. It is like <laughs> the writers have forgotten that these characters do not live together. Oh. And they, in fact, have their own homes. <laughs> There's a lot of confusion about where people live in this episode. So Ar- Archie comes back from a jog, and we get caught up in what he's doing. He's preparing for his naval academy. He has to do a fitness test with the commandant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Veronica, though, is more interested in the fact that she found a song. Ooh. Ooh. And she loves that Archie's doing music Ooh. again because she remembers season one. And thank God. God, this show put in a flashback to remind us why that song exists. It's the song he wrote for Betty. And Betty was like, stop playing that. Oh, my God. (laughs) I am so not into the Archie Betty thing. The thing is, (laughs) Betty and Jughead are so strong that it feels like you're just like, eh? Well, Eh?" and also it started because they They faked a relationship. Which apparent and the reason that Veronica was worried about it was because Cheryl was so well fooled, she refused to accept that she was fooled. Now let's be real though: when children act in plays, <laughs> they forget that their fake emotions are fake. If if they had cut back to anything from season one where there was Betty and Archie stuff, I'd be like, okay, returning feelings from when you from you know Archie thinking maybe I did actually have things for Betty. We did kiss that one time when I was on a break from Veronica. Uh, you know, maybe there's stuff there, but they only ever cut back to the Hedwig episode. And the problem is, um, <laughs> Archie and Veronica are a terrible couple, but Betty and Jughead are a good one. So yeah. what do you want from us, show? Yeah. So Archie's like, no. None of that song. I hate it. It's terrible. Throws it into the trash. And then Veronica <laughs> looks at it meaningfully, so we all know she steals it. Yeah. Uh, well, let's continue on with that storyline a little bit. Veronica goes home for breakfast because she doesn't live at Archie's dinner? house. No breakfast. They're having mimosas. I thought she said dinner. Also, during the previous scene, she said my father would like me home for breakfast today. Mm, she goes home for mealtime. <laughs> Nebulous morning mealtime. Dinner, you know, morning dinner. Liner. 
Brinner. What's the opposite of Brinner? Because Brinner is breakfast for dinner. Would this be Dinfest? Dinfest? Dinfest. 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 So they're having Dinfest. And uh, between seasons, Hiram has beat his muscular dystrophy condition. He says he's getting better. Now, Veronica thinks he's lying because... Yeah, that's something Hiram would He's do. He's clearly lying. Um, except for, I don't know if he is. And when, when Hermione's like, how are you getting better you... from muscular dystrophy? Or neurological, like whatever. You're, vague, you're vague neuromuscular condition. <laughs> Hiram, <laughs> Hiram's line was effectively, oh, I got a call from the doctor. Turns out I'm getting better since my disease. <laughs> Turns out that Hiram has been beating his disease by just punching people. Well, remember, he was taking back his town. Right. I think, oh, God. Oh, God. He's the mayor just going around punching people. I think this scene was shot post-COVID because they're wearing, like, uh, not, I'm going to say baklava, and that is a food. Balaclavas. Balaclavas. And that's something no one has ever worn in Riverdale other than the Black Hood. Well, now they all want to be Black Hoods. No, <laughs> no I think they're just wearing I think they're just wearing masks underneath. So, what happened last season was Archie was being razzed by adult thugs. No, Veronica was being razzed by adult thugs. And then Hiram <sighs> almost killed one, but then his hand shook and then he super killed them. Is that what happened? Yeah, he like came back later and shot them. And these were Hicks who were making moonshine. That was maple rum, right? Were those, those, yeah, yes, yes. Veronica's thing has all has to do with alcohol running. Uh, You know, a storyline for a child. Yeah, yes. I think it was, I don't think it was the Hicks's. I think the Hicks were the ones where Archie's thing. I think. No, Archie was with the the Dickens. Yeah, weren't they the the Hicks? No, they were also Hick Hicks. Oh, God. Like Bayou Hicks. Like, like, like bootleggers. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he beat him up, his hand shook, and Veronica's so like, he didn't do a I'm shoot. so glad that you, that you... Didn't shoot a you man. You didn't shoot, and then you see the flashback, he actually went back and did kill them. Um, so I guess, I guess if you're, you know, suffering from muscular dystrophy, all you gotta do is become a vigilante, and then you'll be healed. Meanwhile, the FBI interviews David, who's the guy who runs the Blue Velvet, but he only speaks in movie quotes. God, I hate David. Also, Jughead's there because he's an FBI, I guess. Yeah. They, we're, once again, we're back to Riverdale with scenes that just sort of fill in information and nothing else really happens with them. Because they're always so short. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Betty is investigating Miss <coughs> Bell, the secretary. Is there something we forgot? <laughs> well, she was a big defender of um, Mr. Honey. Remember, he was the best principal the school has ever had. Well, yeah. yeah. So then what? <laughs> well, anyway. She, she hated those students who chased off Mr. Honey. Yeah. Also, I watched a couple of the episodes from the first season, and she had a different name. <laughs> no, in, whatever. like, the episode two. Not even the pilot, episode two. <laughs> anyway. Uh, More importantly, Mr. Weatherby is back. And in case we forgot why he wasn't there, it's because he joined a cult and had his finger cut off. Yes, and was on stress leave. But uh, now he can sleep most nights without screaming. Yeah. So <laughs> that'll be the end of his like That's thing. Storyline. This, this episode, he's like, "Yes, now I don't scream as night as much." Anyway, I'm your principal again. Ever had a finger cut off? I will not be showing that hand. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. No effects have to be done. 
Mm-hmm. You just wear a glove. You just wear one glove <laughs> with like the fake finger in it. So fashionable. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the Navy Commandant is interviewing Archie, but he's mostly just interviewing Veronica because she has imposed herself yeah. in Archie's university interview. S- somehow, Veronica is part of the application process, and at no point does this full-grown military man look at a child and be like, why is your girlfriend... Telling me all of your positive <laughs> attributes. Like, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a... Uh... I'm not an admissions person for any Naval Academy or for any non-Naval Academy. Well, I will tell you, I've done admissions <laughs> interviews for a medical school. If, if a boy came in and his girlfriend gave his... Answers to his MMI questions? Like, you'd probably be like, maybe this guy shouldn't go to my school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, unfortunately, because Archie said no to the Naval Academy, they have a... Because I guess they only take one person a year... Yeah, they're... Uh, There's yeah. another kid they'd like to take. Yeah. And he's also a boxer, well, because <laughs> I guess the Navy only cares about boxing? Well, this commandant specifically cares about boxing. Also, uh, R- Molly Ringwald Andrew's girlfriend only cares about boxing. So, Veronica's like... I actually think boxing might be a big thing with the, with the Navy. You know, we should have done a modicum of research. Can someone tell us? So, Veronica... Veronica, little miss, why don't we do a a sexy car wash to raise money and uh, other such terrible always, ideas? I'm going to hold a press conference and I'm going to sing a song from Chicago. Yeah. Um, Veronica suggests, well, why don't they box for their application? That's how we'll decide who gets into university. That's a how we'll do it. A boxing match. Let's do a boxing match. And the commandant says, yeah, we'll bring that boy to town. His name is K.O. Kelly. You know, noted character from Katie Keene. <laughs> a show that had one se- one one cool, cool, one season. Super, super canceled. <laughs> also, a grown-ass man. Also, full-grown man who they do not try to make look younger in any way. Nor does he act any different than he does when he's playing a 25-year-old. Yep, he is just a 25-year-old man. <laughs> Great. Ooh. <laughs> So, Betty, so back into the crime, um, we get, oh, God, I don't even want to talk about this scene. It's just a, like, hey, Betty and Jughead, what are we going to do? Well, we'll have to talk to someone, and the person hates us. More importantly, Cheryl and Tony are manning the booth where people can sign up to run for prom queen slash king slash person because yep. Riverdale High, I guess, is an accepting environment. Yeah, um... And they spend all their time sitting there just talking to each other about how she was like, I want to be prom queen. And Tony's like, I want to be serpent queen. And I'm like, is that a thing? I remember that being a thing, but I thought it was like more of an informal thing. And then uh, up comes <laughs> Kevin, who's like, I guess Fangs always wanted to be prom king. Fangs' dream is to be prom king. So I'm going to support my boyfriend. <laughs> my boyfriend. And Cheryl goes off on him how dare someone else run doesn't he support her yeah and all you think is like wow that is de- man it it feels like if you were writing the storyline in i don't know 2020 uh or even just 20 or any sort of thing <laughs> um it seems the idea of a corrupt <laughs> <laughs> official bullying people away from running bully- for a, yeah. an elected position yeah bullying people would be something that you could do like a 
storyline about? Yeah, a thing about. But instead, spoiler, it'll just be Cheryl winning. Yeah, Kevin will walk away. I mean, he'll he gives Cheryl a lot of good side eyes this episode. Yeah. But um yeah, so this is not a storyline. Why did this scene exist? And then, and then, like, they get this shot where it's like Cheryl and like the crown that's on the the posters behind her. Oh my! I th- we're gonna keep on coming back to the Cheryl and Tony st- storyline every single time. My notes just say Cheryl and Tony stuff. Meanwhile, Veronica's all excited about prom because she rented the presidential suite so that she and Archie <laughs> can have some sex. Mm-hmm. And Kevin, yeah. I'm very... So the fight (laughs) is taking place on the same day as prom? Uh, It's nebulous, but yes. And then also the other event that is intercut with the fight... Also. ...is taking place on the same day as prom. I think it has to be the day beforehand, and it's just not well shown. Because... Well, no, it has to be the day beforehand, because they have dinner with someone after they go to the whole thing. Yeah, but she says it doesn't matter how the fight goes, presidential suite. Anyway, then K.O. shows up. He's super cocky because he's a grown man who's fighting a boy. (laughs) Oh, you play a child. I play a grown man. Clearly, I am your evolutionary form. We are the same age, but yet I'm acting as an adult axe and you are acting as a 17-year-old axe. He looks at Archie and goes, I am a different iteration of you from a different show where they don't know how to write different characters. So I am just a different version of you. I'm a sweet boy who likes to punch. And also, because, sure, he's going to stay at Archie's house, not Veronica, who owns a hotel. You would think the Naval Academy would maybe pay I for just, him to stay in a I hotel. Just thought that, I just thought that Veronica, because her family, remember, owns the hotel they stay in. And Veronica is best friends <laughs> with Katie Keene. <laughs> Well, no, Veronica has a dad and a mom who could just give him a room in that hotel. Anyway, K.O. is going to stay at Archie's house, and they're going to train together at El Royale because... Sure. Sure. Sure, whatever. Meanwhile... The person that Betty and Jughead were poorly alluding to is Brett. Or Brent? Uh, Brett Brent? Oh, God, we can't start this again. It's Brett. It never stopped, Aaron. It's Brett Whelan Wallace. That's not his name. (laughs) Anyway... If you do not remember who he was, he is the evil dude from Stonewall. Okay, so I saw an advertisement for Riverdale Season 5. Yeah. And in the advertisement, they only showed the back of a blonde man's head, a large blonde man. So they implied in the advertisement that this was Charles. <laughs> it's Brett. Yeah, no, it's, it is it is. This Brett. is what Riverdale does. They bait and switch. This is a bait and switch. <laughs> I think they showed the back of a large blonde man's head and everyone just went, okay. Anyway. Anyway, so, it, yes, Brett does know the things going on with uh, with David and the sub guy who was selling the, his weird sex But he's too. not going to tell them because he's a bad guy. Blah, blah, blah. Jughead threatens him with a guy named War Baby who hates preppies. And Brett is very afraid, so <laughs> yeah. he reveals immediately that David likes to do video festival raves. <laughs> yeah. We don't learn it's a rave till later. Uh, <laughs> he just has illicit streaming screenings now, but David is the one who says, I'm going to be having a film festival slash rave. I'm like, of course you are. Of course that's what's going to happen in the show. And the only way for Betty and Jughead to get into this <laughs> film festival illicit streaming blah, 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 is to sell David a snuff film. Yes, you have to bring him a tape to prove you're serious. And all I'm thinking is like, 
I mean, he knows who Jughead is. And one would assume he knows who Betty is because I, she has been featured in films at at the Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. I mean, he might know who she is. He, pro- he probably doesn't bring up, hey, I have a sex tape of you. Uh, <laughs> that's not like, that's not opening conversation. That's not great. You okay? You almost, you know, the, I said that as well you were sipping. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> the sound of you, the sound of you breathing into a can. People will like it. They'll know how impactful this is. They will bring up later that J- Jughead can't actually go because, you know, he'll He's recognize him. a raid <laughs> on the Blue Velvet. Yeah. Now, I forgot... That Sheriff Keller is no longer a sheriff. Now he's a boxing coach. <laughs> yes, that he, is, that is where he eventually landed. He also no longer runs Archie's construction company. Oh my god, we forgot to talk about when the Commandant comes in. He's like, mm. so Archie, you're a high school student who runs two businesses, huh? <laughs> and Veronica's like, yeah, it's, it's normal in Riverdale. It feels like the Commandant just said, sounds like you don't have time for university. Perhaps you should run your businesses. <laughs> anyway, um... Daddy Keller is very concerned because K.O. was so much bigger than Archie. Archie, that's a grown man. Archie, Archie, do you know that's a grown man? Like, that, that is Monroe-style grown man. And Archie's like, yeah, I fight grown men all the time. What show have you been watching? I, I think, like, 85% of my fights are against grown men. Remember I fought Hiram? And then he's like, ah. That's true. Well... I'm going to say we should maybe do some psychological warfare because you're clearly the strongest boy in all the land. <laughs> well, he, he essentially he's like, and what they effectively do is that Archie is because he is smaller. Really, he just has more endurance, which K.O. does say later. It's mm. like, oh, you're stronger than him. It's like, no, Archie can do more pull-ups and he can do more push-ups. Because he has less weight to throw he around. Has more, yeah, he has less weight, late, weight he has to lift. So, you know, he's a better rock climber and things like that. I mean, he can do some faster punches, probably. Yeah, so they kind of have, like, a bet. Which is just a lot of shirtless push-ups and pull-ups. And then they have a sexy shirtless steam. (laughs) Because this is Riverdale. It's sexy depending on your orientation, but it's very sexy. (laughs) So sexy. They they also apparently have names, which are the Heavyweight Heartbreaker and the Red Hope. Okay. Cool. That's a thing for children who are not on a public... (laughs) public boxing circuit to have yeah, sure uh but you know they're kind of they're kind of again buddies because you know they're the same person um meanwhile <laughs> betty reveals that despite everything she has gone through on the show she <laughs> thought that snuff films were fake oh he's like where will we even get a snuff film are those like urban legends like you've seen one Yep. Like, <laughs> remember when Jason Blossom was killed by his dad? Like, I know maybe in your mind you're like, yeah, but that wasn't on purpose. Like, yeah, but you you saw a film where someone died and then that film was sold to the Blue Velvet. Velvet. You, you, you've you, seen. You, you know how that works. <laughs> you know how it progresses, Betty. Instead, Betty, who's still pulling that cord, trying to get the engine going it. Just, it's been a long, cold winter, and the lawnmower won't start. It's like, I don't know, I don't think snuff films were real. And Jughead's like, I mean, they are real, but we're not going to make one. We, two teenagers... <laughs> we, we, will, we, will, we will repeatedly bury the lead whenever we talk to anyone about it. But, but... Two teenagers are going to fool everyone by making a fake snuff film. <laughs> This is a skill we have. All we need is a Scream Queen and a Brute. Yeah, well, the Scream Queen is the only one we see them actually recruit. Uh, It is Cheryl. 
Who insists on wearing a wig. And she is very tangential to this. Literally, she could be a Anyone. lamp. <laughs> she could be a lamp. We just need a lamp. We need a real sexy lamp to get stabbed. And this is another thing that Riverdale did. So they could post, like, Instagram photos and drops on Twitter of, oh my god, why is Reggie wearing leather? Why is Cheryl wearing a black wig? Why is Betty holding a knife? It's so that they can make their fake movie. Yeah, and which, it will have no impact. Which they film in the nun home. No, they film it in uh in uh Or is that Cheryl's that basement? Cheryl's creepy basement where she kept her dead brother. Ah, oh, so good. <laughs> See, I wish we had focused on that more. Yeah. Uh Veronica will making one of the most strangest choices she's ever made in her speakeasy is going to perform a song for K.O. In honor of K.O. But... But the song she's going to perform in honor of K.O. is the song that Archie wrote that is very romantic. And it's very (laughs) clearly, if you listen to the lyrics, about Betty. It all... I mean, but here's the thing. It's Veronica. Veronica is... and Veronica, Veronica, I mean, she's so self-absorbed. She decided, she probably assumes the song was written for her, and she sang it in honor of her. K.O., her, her best friend's boyfriend. Who is maybe going to beat her boyfriend <laughs> in a fight. Yeah. This is the weirdest song choice since they decided to sing Mad World together. <laughs> now, it's honestly very good. It feels very like Taylor Swift, like folklore ish. You mean it's... you mean you mean folk song? No, folklore. Folky? Folklore. folklore. Oh, right. She had an album, album called. So- sorry, sorry. When you said just, there's also folk songs. I forgot her her recent album is called Folklore. That's not even her most recent album. Is that not the one she like spontaneously released? Folklore came out during the summer. Her most recent one is end song she released two albums in one year yeah she f- recorded both of them during quarantine shared them with her boyfriend <laughs> and also the guys from the national the only one i knew is folklore aaron i i know two taylor swift albums folklore and 20 nope three nope 1989 yes there we go it has a song on it called nope the song 22 is not on 1989 <laughs> okay Meanwhile, <laughs> Veronica sings her song, and we forgot to mention that Betty and Jughead are sitting at the same table as K.O. and Archie, yeah. and it is awkward. Yeah, a lot of Betty and Archie be like, huh. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Mm. Some Cheryl and Tony stuff. Um, so Veronica and Archie and K.O. leave the speakeasy, and K.O. is driving himself home, I guess. And then Archie goes to drive himself home, and he kisses Veronica, and Veronica is affronted that he did not say, I love you. I don't know why. It it bugged me so much that K.O. and Archie going to different vehicles. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, you two effectively live together and trade together. Like, just drive one car. Be economically conscious. Come on. Care about the environment. Actually, K.O., once again, should be staying in a nice hotel room that Veronica owns, but if he's going to sleep on your floor... (laughs) <laughs> anyway uh they do they do go home actually sleep on the floor and they talk kind of about archie's feelings on the naval academy he thinks it's a it's going to be a new it's a chance for a new start and then ko's like but what about you and veronica your end game huh, huh? 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 Uh, ko little do you know 
You and Katie are not Endgame. <laughs> huh? You right? It's just us. Just two long cats with beautiful women. Huh? 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 He crawls on the bed. You and Veronica. You and Veronica together forever. Huh? And then huh? she's like, I really feel like my part in Veronica's life really holds her back. And then Kale's like, you can't decide if you hold someone back. Only someone else can decide. You don't get to make any decisions in your relationship. Only Veronica. Huh? 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 <laughs> Crawl, so- crawls on the ceiling. His head spins around. It's such an on-the-nose talk between these two boys. It's an upsetting scene. <laughs> I feel like Kao should be upset that he has to sleep on the floor. He's a full-grown man. Yeah. Why does that house not have an extra bedroom? I know this is an ongoing plot point for me, and I know that the extra bedroom is taken up for Archie's charging equipment. Well, no, the thing is that we do know it has an extra bedroom. It's just it's not a bedroom. Like, it's, it has an extra room, but it's not a bedroom. Yeah, it's yeah. an Archie charging room. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, at school, Betty and Jughead need Kevin Keller to help them sell this snuff film because Betty definitely should not go to the Blue Velvet on her own. <laughs> yeah, he finally brings it up. So, you know. and, uh... and they don't really seem to explain to Kevin that it's a fake snuff film. They keep calling it, hey, we've got to go sell a snuff film. But Kevin likes it. Kevin's like, yeah, okay, you murdered someone, who cares? So, whatever, I'm not a real character in this series. So Tony goes back to where she lives. Oh, yes. So this will be established in this episode. Despite us thinking for the entire last season that Tony lived with Cheryl. Because she would only ever be seen at Cheryl's place. And neither of them were going to school. Tony actually still lives with her grandparents. Yes. And she has come out to them. But she has not explained that she has a long-term girlfriend. So Tony sits down with her grandma to try to explain her life. And it turns out Cheryl Blossom, great girlfriend, supportive girlfriend, person who cares about other people's emotions, has already gone to Nana and Grandpa's house. Yeah, so... And has said that she's dating Tony. Yeah, so Tony's secret is essentially that it's not that her parents... Like, her grandparents actually aren't upset that Tony's dating a woman. They're not upset that her that their um, granddaughter is gay. What actually it is, like... Everybody in this town is upset that she's dating a Blossom. Because the Blossoms are pure pure garbage who stole their land. <laughs> because in case we forgot, yeah. as we learned in season two, the serpents are actually an indigenous group. <laughs> Though now it just seems like Tony is indigenous and the serpents are... A gang. Oh, you're just a gang. Um, so, but Cheryl is under the impression, because this is the impression Tony gave her, that her parents... Well, they know about her being uh, being gay. What she, what Have to- not really come to terms yeah, with Tony's, it. Tony's lie, Tony's cover t- for Cheryl to, I guess, try to spare Cheryl's feelings. Yeah. That, hey, my grandparents don't want me to date you because you're, you're a garbage. Um, uh, was that I don't think they're ready to, like, see me yeah, in a deal relationship. deal with the reality. So Cheryl, hearing that. It's like, what I should do is go there and force myself upon them. Yeah, force them to have to look at me. Like, like she is under... Do you know the impression that her parents are accepting of her being gay? They just don't... They're just not quite there yet. Yeah, and it's... And, like, that's for Tony and her grandparents to deal with, not you. Cheryl. Cheryl to do off screen. Cheryl is the worst girlfriend. She is the worst partner that any worst, human could ever she's have. She's the worst person she is so self-absorbed i again i've been watching season one (laughs) and in season one she basically says that no guys could ever sex shame a woman because jason wouldn't allow that she 
throws women's truth out the window because Jason wouldn't allow that. Cheryl is pure garbage. Why are we on her side? And like they give her so many mock growths. Like, you know, she, you know, she was, uh, she went to the straight conversion thing, but nothing seems to actually stick. Her behaviors don't change. Yeah. She, she, all, all of the, the worst things that happened to her, it's weird to say, cause like she does go through big things, but they all feel performative and not actually like it feels like she gets to drag them up to shut down p other people's legitimate legitimate concerns and i think in this episode (laughs) we are supposed to be on cheryl's side the the main problem with cheryl um is not that her character acts the way she does the problem is that her character acts the way she does and the show and is portrayed on the show as if she's supposed to be a sympathetic person that we as the audience should be rooting for and not like in, in the first season when she is terrible, it's fine. Cause she's really a secondary she's a bad guy. Yeah. She's really an antagonist. Now that she's a protagonist, she's got to learn how to behave differently. <laughs> Veronica as well. So, uh, Betty and Kevin, uh, head off to the blue velvet and David, doesn't recognize them. And Betty spins a bit of a tale about how they got this tape, and David watches it, and he's like, it's clearly a fake. <laughs> it's clearly a fake, mostly because the killer stands in front <laughs> of the camera, the camera and blocks his stabs. And uh, stabs her. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, now, here's the thing. I'm not any sort of snuff film aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to imagine it should show someone dying. <laughs> Well, don't worry, because Betty, smart, smart Betty, got her lawnmower running and yeah. thought, man, our lame snuff film is not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. So I got a backup. Remember that creepy video that I watched where my dad's mom turned him into a serial killer in front of our faces? Yeah. By, like, manipulating him and tricking him and keeping him locked up in a basement? I got that video. Yeah, it's... The thing is, like, it doesn't feel like... I, you know, here's the thing. I can under I can feel like because when we eventually see the quote unquote film festival slash rave, why it would work? Because really, they just want like creepy, creepy. things playing in the background. Yeah. So a video that is absten- that is substantially the Black Hood, uh, essentially one. This is clearly also one of his manipulation sessions. Mm. They say it's you know it's the birth of. Is this the birth of a serial I mean, killer? And a like, serial killer is not born from a single moment. A serial killer is born from a series of actions. Yeah, so it, it really is just a <laughs> creepy video. It's one of those videos that if you saw it, this is like if this video became widespread release, you you would see it on like a not a BuzzFeed article, but like one of those things on YouTube where it's like creepiest videos, and, and you would watch it and be like, "What's so creepy about this video?" And they'd explain. Then they explain the backstory, and it's it's like when you see the video of the serial killer on the dating show, mm. and you're like, mm-hmm. "I don't see what's so wrong about but, this." But it feels a little bit off. It feels a little bit off, and then they explain why, and you're like, "Oh yeah." So it, it doesn't feel like exactly because the blue velvet feels very exploitative and this feels very undercurrent but you know what maybe david's looking to he, he wants to, to expand out. he wants to get into the depths of people's souls yeah. so so they'll do it but only if they get an invite and now it's time for a bunch of things two things to be intercut together mm. as riverdale does mm-hmm. well music plays one is the fight between archie and ko which is a boxing match and not super interesting to talk about archie seems to get the <laughs> upper hand because he's fast but then ko is so big so big but while that is going on we will also 
C, the rave. Yeah. So Betty this is where goes, I mentioned all the masks. A lot of people wearing masks. Yeah. And so like Betty that. goes there. She sneaks Jughead in. They have all of these different rooms with different <laughs> I thought, themes. I thought Betty was going to keep the fact that she used her dad's tape a secret from Jughead, but he knows. Oh yeah, they're he on knows the same page always. Uh, so it's weird that it was kept like it. It it really is implied by the way that Kevin looks at her and all that. That like. Oh, it's a secret thing. She didn't want anyone to know that she, like, kept it, but whatever. So eventually they sneak through all these rooms, but then they get to this weirdo mask room where everyone's wearing plastic masks, just like in the video. (laughs) And Jughead goes, it's the auteur's videos. Yeah, so Jughead gets in really a fight. Yeah, Jughead just starts going up to people's faces and being like, are you the director? Who's the director? Which is I'm a cop. Not a great way to find the director. Oh, he gives real cop vibes. Who's the director? Who's the director? I'm going to punch people. And then one of them calls Betty the uh, blonde... Pony, ponytail. ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. It's from the video that Ethel got of Betty. I, I want to take a moment here uh, to just point out that... Because we're, we're going to be moving away from the rave here soon. Mm-hmm. But I really need to get this out. In the moment where they're going through the rave, there's one point where they go to a scene and it's someone being tied to a tree and being punched and that cuts back to the boxing match. Mm-hmm. And in a better show, they would draw parallels between the audience watching two boys literally fight each other for higher education and a bunch of people at a club watching films of people being brutalized. Mm. And, and how that, like, there's a parallel there. There's a thing... There that you could... Violence for entertainment? Yeah. Hmm. But the boxing match is shot so heroically and fighting against odds. And the audience goes, oh, no. And it's all those things. And it's it's brightly lit, whereas yeah. the rave is dimly lit. And there's no point where anyone seems to, like, clarify or say, like, this is actually horrifying. That these two... Boys who, despite all that they've done, despite all that they've achieved, Archie owning two businesses and all these things, who whoever punches each other best is going to get to go to university. As if the Naval Academy couldn't take both of them. Yeah. We can, as someone, again, who works in higher education, we can always sneak an extra person into our class. Yeah, so... Once again, a better show doing this intercut would mean something. But in this show, it it's just them cutting to two things are happening at the same time, so we've got to cut in between the two of them. And so then Veronica not Veronica, sorry, then Betty and Jughead see a man wearing an owl mask and immediately know that must be the director. Well, because he's filming. He's the only one in this place who's actually filming anything. So then they chase him, but it's distracting and there's things going on and then Jelly Bean's there. <laughs> Yeah. Her friends heard there was a party. Ooh. Ooh. But they're not going to talk about that yet. First, they're going to go back to the fight. What? I where guess... So, where someone told this referee to draw out the the winner. So, one judge pitch, picked Archie. One jug pi- judge... <laughs> one jug pitch, picked KO. Yeah. The final judge... From the commandant. Picked KO. And that's not ha- how... It, that, that's a split decision. Yeah. By split decision, the winner is KO. You know, whatever. Who cares? So then everyone clears out of Archie's boxing gym, and then the commandant's like, well, you can reapply in the fall. Well, yeah, if we just reapply in the fall, and, and we'll see you next year. I just want to say, why do any of these shows ever consider, like, taking a year off? Oh, as a reasonable option. So we were ta- So I was talking about how sh- uh, early in the beginning, moral, uh, moral stances. 
and the thing is, like, every show has to take moral stances, and they're different from different shows. Some sh- like some shows will be like, oh, killing under any imp- anything is bad. Or there's ones where it's like, oh, killing is uh, motivated in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And whatever stance the more the, the show takes, like, it's just something that becomes cl- – it's, it's true – you have to take it as true in the world of the show. Whether or not you believe it's a truth, whether or not you uh, – think that that's the way the thing should be you understand that in the show that's where it is and so in riverdale you either go to university when you graduate high school or you ruin your life you know to be fair <laughs> i just watched an episode of sabrina the change witch where harvey didn't want to go to college yeah. didn't want to take the sats because he wants to be a mechanic yeah he wants to be a successful good mechanic <laughs> this is fine and sabrina cannot fathom this and so she casts a spell and you know wrecks his life for a short period of time and Fantastic. and it ends with him deciding to take the sat so he can be the most educated mechanic ever and don't give wrong me we me and aaron have talked especially in, in oc a lot about how like the the importance of if you're able to get higher education which should be accessible for everybody you should take it because it just it adds breath. But, but you don't have to go when you're 18. <laughs> you can go to university when yeah. you're 20. You can go to university when you're 40. Our mom got her degree after Kevin was born. Yeah. She started university when she was 30. Yeah, there's – and, and I mean, even just to go away from that, if you are able to become highly successful without going to university – Great. That's also fine. So it does, like, I don't understand why, because Archie gets all up in arms. He's like, I'm never applying for your school again, and you're not my dad. And obviously, Archie has unresolved <laughs> issues with his dad being super murdered. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that's thrown into this with also his conflicting feelings over Veronica. But we've seen repeatedly in in Riverdale this idea that... that university isn't worth it if you take that year off. Like, they're even more fine with people just not going at all than taking a year off. Like, if you go to university later, what are you doing? Well, and, like, in Canada, it's fairly common for people to take only, like, three courses a semester, four, which is still a full-time load, and do their degree over five years instead of four years. Yeah. And I don't think that's an option in the States. Definitely not in Riverdale. Yeah, it's it's just – it's such a a moral stance to take that that's just how it is in the show. If you take that year off, you are – God, your life will never recover. What destroyed? Okay, some more Cheryl and Tony stuff. I mean, uh, the, I do actually want to talk about this a little bit because Cheryl turns it back on Tony. She yeah. attacks Tony because Tony didn't tell Cheryl about her gr- grandparents. I'm s- Tony. I just I wanted to us to be together. I did this for us, and you didn't, were the one who told me that they're mad at me because of me. And I went behind your back and took advantage of your trust, but uh, and beca- my feelings and because. Tony is not a character anymore. She's just Cheryl's girlfriend. Tony's like, oh. Oh, I feel for you. We also do learn in this scene that Cheryl that Cheryl does identify as a lesbian. Yes. At this, yes. this is where she's landed. Yeah. Although it does make me think about season one when she was obsessed with Archie because he looked like her brother. Yeah. I. This show has, has this show had people canonically say bisexual. I Yeah, no, I think Tony is. Yeah, because I know that Moose has... Moose is, and Tony is, yeah. All right. 
Uh, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't n- Riverdale not- doing a thing yeah, that's it was, not great. It was some of that nonsense where it's like, well, no, she's a lesbian, actually, not bisexual. Degrees of there's relationships no- <laughs> don't exist. There's no degree. No, no, no. She what before she was wrong, and now she's right. Uh. So a scene exists where Jellybean and Jughead are cute siblings. Well, yeah. So I mean, Jellybean clarifies that she got into the party because a friend of hers, older brother, yeah, got like an email from a list, and I. Thought that I, would mean something? No, no. I have to believe it's the auteur. They're going to reveal that. It's got to mean something. for some reason he Wants. N- knew this would get Jellybean there. Because the other option, Aaron, is turns out it's not hard to get into the rave. Brett? <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with that. Brett's a doof. <laughs> Brett's like, well, the only way to get in is you have to show him a tape of horrors. But it turns out you just need a password that you can or, get from a mailing list. Or Jellybean, <laughs> the middle school kid, could sneak into the secret red band illicit video rave. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's the, the password's in the thing. You just have to show up and say Gatsby and wear a mask. <laughs> Aaron, is it so clear to you that... And I don't know. I think they're going to do the thing where it's the auteur is just one guy and that's all of it is. But clearly everybody there is involved, right? Everybody at that rave. They all had those masks. And we know it's a bunch of people. Also, when they were watching that video, they weren't watching it. They were standing, just staring in random directions. Okay, I want to talk about Riverdale. Okay. The town. Sure. Because I've been watching the first season. All right. And in the first season, the fact that Jason dies, like, rocks this town. The oh, fact yeah. that Jason dies is, like, what opens the door to bad things happening. Yeah. How does this town <laughs> have a secret underground film festival rave scene? Snuff Alley movie. How do they have Sketch Alley where people get mugged as soon as they walk down it? Yeah. How are there competing gangs <laughs> in this town? That they showed us in season one. Yeah, it they essentially what it really comes down to is that Riverdale the town is different from Riverdale still the town season one. In you're absolutely correct. That was the entire big thing is the town is supposed to on the surface seem perfect, look like the perfect. Jughead says that almost verbatim. Riverdale is a town on the surface that looks like the the best town ever, and then Jason's death. Rocks it. But then every single season is season is reveals that like, oh, actually Riverdale is the seediest town in the state and well, everyone knows it. You get to the point in season four where Riverdale High is a bad school, whereas historically it was the good school. Yeah. And there was a bad side of town, and I'm fine with that. But like how how is all of this well, kept and, under wraps? Well, and it doesn't feel like they're doing the oh, small town with big dark secrets thing. It's just You guys live Gotham. in a bad town. Sucks to yeah, be you. It's just Gotham. Yeah. Like, it's become just Gotham City. <laughs> Which, and if they were, they were somehow keeping up the air of, like, and don't get me wrong, I understand, you know, small, you know, small towns usually do have the seediness. But, but if, usually if, they keep it secret. Yeah, if your conceit is this town is secretly seedy, how does everybody know for years that before Jay's death that this town is actually you know, well, the, didn't the, everyone know about that secret other serial killer who was like the predecessor to the Black Hood? <laughs> and and here's the actually the secret serial killer beforehand I'm actually fine with because that is a, a, a not common thing. But in you small can towns. like brush it under the yeah the sort yeah. of thing was like like actually you know 20 years ago a serial killer w- w- 
you know, worked in the the rural area around it. Like, and like, I'm even okay with Hiram's mafia stuff because that (laughs) is like bright, shiny surface, seedy underbelly. Yeah, it's this nonsense. But but, but I'm like, what? What is this? But now now where it's like, there's three or four gangs and like the bootleggers who've been working this town for years and. And have been working it long enough that when a new group comes in, they take offense to it and have to do open gangland warfare. Yeah, it's... Ugh. Yeah. Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin? This is confusing. It's been a while. Well, you know, Riverdale, the show, started in January of 2016. Yeah. It's been five years that we've been doing this. Yeah, they're back into the, the wintertime because of, you know, it's been every, everything's being reset as it was. And there was a thing you asked me yeah. on the pilot. So, Aaron, what are you drinking? Kevin, I'm drinking a Caesar. <laughs> Wait, is that not what you drank at... Upon the pilot times? Yeah, but this one's in a can. Oh. I'm old now. I can't make my own Caesar. <laughs> you got a Caesar in a can. Now, Americans, a Caesar is a better Bloody Mary. <laughs> we make it with Clamato. Straight up. We make it with Clamato juice instead of tomato juice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so it's got that sweet clam juice in it that just makes it a little bit spicy. <laughs> yeah, spicy clams. And uh, this is a pickled bean flavored one. It's delicious. It's like a spicy tomato drink with clam juice and vodka. Now, I I, I will say, uh, you know, I don't drink alcohol in mm. general. Every single thing about the existence of a Caesar is the grossest thing ever. It also comes with a snack, usually. You get some cheese, you get a pickled bean, some asparagus. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> like a pepperoni stick. Just so like, okay, now, you know tomatoes. Yeah, what if you just squish them up and only and only drank the juice? Weird, but okay. Nutrients. What, now, what if we mix it with... You know, you know that weird thing on the bottom of the sea you crack open? You mean a clam? Yeah, what if we just took the juice from a clam and mix it with that tomato? Yes, it's a little bit salty. Mm, yeah. Now, <laughs> what if we put in it pickled ah, beans? Oh. And also some Worcester <laughs> sauce and maybe a little bit of sriracha? What if, what if we just put so much salt in it? What, what if we just unearth the sea of salt into your mouth so you know how beverages are supposed to be hydrating <laughs> what if it wasn't what if it's the opposite <laughs> what if this did everything you think a beverage should not do but i'm just gonna tell you when i've been in england i have tried a bloody mary <laughs> inferior get some clams in this <laughs> so um archie is sad and veronica comes to visit him and Let's be real. Oh. Veronica oh my God, is Ver- good with him. Well, not only that, she takes a moment of self-reflection and goes, you know what? Should have suggested the fight. That was I'm, a bad idea. I'm it, really sorry, Archie. I don't know why I was like, hey, these kids want to get into university. They should box each other for that chance. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. That was like a thing my father would do. I don't think she's she's ever had that much self-reflection. And then she offers to miss the prom. But Archie, because this is a teen drama, is like, prom is the last time we'll ever be able to hang out with our friends, oh, yeah. so we have to go. Oh, my God. He's like, the Naval Academy wasn't your only option. And, and he's he like, says, yes, it was. Now there's nothing for me. Veronica you- <laughs> doesn't even act like Veronica in the scene. No. Well, but Archie does act like Archie. Yeah. 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 He, he is not going to apply next year. It, not even worth it. Even even though the comment, I was like, 
You'll get in. Yeah, he's pretty much like, you do it in February, in, in fall, and you know, like, hey. You'll get in. You'll get in. You'll get in. Let's be clear. You'll get in. And Archie's <laughs> like, no, there's not this year. So, um. So against a goddamn leap year. Now, it seems that this is the next day, and it's the prom. Yeah, well, I, I figured the next day was actually when they're talking to Jelly Bean, because that was during the day. Like, they said you went to the rave the night before and the box the night before. But it's so weird because you're right. It does come after. I, th- I think they take Jelly Bean to pop no, you're right. from the rave. You're right. They do go directly to the rave. This has got to be the next day. So oh. Cheryl gets dressed up and her grandma thinks she's beautiful. And then Tony shows up. And yeah. Cheryl says, Tony, you came. And it is clarified that Tony does not live with Cheryl. <laughs> yeah. And then they take some pictures. And then Veronica and Archie are hanging out to the prom together. And then Hiram offers Archie a job as the deputy mayor. Of community outreach. Now, they have multiple deputy mayors, so. Deputy mayor of community outreach. Archie needs another job. Yeah. He has two jobs. He runs two businesses. Archie is so concerned about going to college or university but he is just repeatedly, like, almost gifted jobs. And also, no, don't, don't, don't. Don't make an 18-year-old any <laughs> deputy mayor. Don't make an 18-year-old with no history. I mean, I guess he runs a community center. But, like, he has no proven history. <laughs> anyway, I mean, then- Here's the thing we know about Hiram. He is the most corrupt mayor. So then they take their picture together, and one of the adult women in that <laughs> says, on. say end game. And I just want to, like, throw things at the wall, because guess what? The person you date when you're 18 doesn't have to be your end game. Oh. And no parent should be reinforcing that. <laughs> oh, yes. There is another moral standing that the show takes. Although it does not as hard as the other one. It's very much just teen stuff. I, I do want to take a moment to just clarify that I keep forgetting Hiram's the mayor. So when he was off punching those criminals in the back alley, he wasn't wearing a mask. Those back those criminals were like, I was just punched by the mayor. But don't never forget, Hiram also runs a profitable rum business. So were they punched by the mayor or punched by the head of a profitable rum business? I mean, it could be both. Can you both be a mayor and the owner of a profitable rum business? Can you be a serpent and also the sheriff of a town? <laughs> Hiram and FB square off like, who are we fighting as? Like, what are, what are we right now? Speaking of the sheriff and also yeah. the head of the serpents, FP is there. He thinks Jughead looks great. I think Jughead looks like an idiot because he's still wearing his toque. Take off your toque, Jughead. <laughs> nah, just look. Air. I'm weird. <laughs> Meanwhile, they take their photos, and that house is too dark to be taking any prom photos. I I want to I want to give a quick shout out to whoever does whoever has decided on props for uh, this show. Um, not I don't know about the costumes. I'll, I'll, I'll have to be more for Aaron. Um, they look nice. They do look. Nice. Cheryl's is a little much. There's a lot of plunging necklines. I mean, she doesn't even have like a. A spot where like, it would end for cleavage. It's just... It just goes to her belly button. It goes to her belly button. Um, but she's not showing midriff. And she's not wearing red lipstick, which really threw me off. she was sad. Uh, no, what I'll do with the props. So there's some anachronistic stuff in this show. And when, mm-hmm. they, when they hit it real, really well, they hit it really well. When they do it poorly, it sucks. But in this case... It's not, I don't even know if it's anachronism, but they they draw a distinct line between the poor and the rich by the poor families use old film cameras Mm. 
and the rich use smartphones. And the the most clear indication of it is the uh, the getting ready with Betty and uh, not Betty uh, Veronica and Archie mm-hmm. uh, because. Hermione uses a smartphone standing right next to Molly Ringwald Angie with, with, with an old-ass silver <laughs> film camera. Despite the fact that Molly Ringwald Andrews, noted Chicago lawyer. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it's, if if you're going to do a stylization, That's that is... That's the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, you have drawn distinct prop lines. And then, of course, Nana Rose had a, <laughs> like... Like one of those like tall like <laughs> nineteen like a nineteen like fifties you're doing it from above holding it against your and, like, sternum. You're supposed to have a thing going over your head. <laughs> yeah. So we go to the prom, which I guess is themed. They don't ever refer to it, but I guess it's nineties themed. Their costumes are incorrect if it's nineties themed. Well, the songs are incorrect if it's not. So they walk in to Kiss Me. Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer plays. And as they walk in, you can see there's, like, photos <laughs> being projected on the wall, which is fine. Yeah. But then you gotta get an Archie Comics dig in. So there's a little photo where Archie's standing there and Veronica kisses his cheek. And Betty's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then K.O. Kelly, grown man. No, 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 K.O. Kelly. This is Reggie. No, no, K.O. Kelly is, is it... at this prom. Oh, sorry. You're, I thought you were talking about someone, something else. Something else happens. Yeah, then Reggie spikes the punch with, with fizzle, fizzle rocks. rocks. Which is heroin. And uh, Kevin, what song plays while Reggie spikes the punch You know heroin? what? Let's just go through all these songs right now. The playlist of the prom in 2021. Yeah. No, we... 2020. 2020, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been in the spring. Uh, 2020. It's weird because it's circled back around to it's almost correct it's almost for the time. time. <laughs> anyway, the the prom for this, the songs that play are Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. She's all that. Yeah, you know that. Um, also Closer to Free by the Bodines, also known as the theme song for Party of Five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then The World I Know by Collective Soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the theme has to be the 90s and then later when they're doing like the um uh the, the special dance that's fade into you by Maisie star <laughs> but then if it... someone had just said like oh the theme of the prom is 90s cuz at that point that's retro mm-hmm. but it's not no one's stressed to it the only thing is that this this show was written by 30-year-olds. And they're like, oh, throwbacks. Let's do it. Let's let's do it. This is a thing that none of these kids were alive when these songs came out. So Archie and Veronica dance. She knew all about the deputy mayor thing. But Veronica mm. also has an idea, which is to defer her college acceptance for a year. Sure. Because she and Archie can't be out of sync. <laughs> what if we're what if we're out of sync? It doesn't matter that you're going to naval college and I'm going to different schools <laughs> across the world from each other. If there's if there's one year where we're you're just hanging school. around and I'm doing school and then later you're at school and I'm just hanging around, we'll be off sync. And like My high school boyfriend did not go to college right out of school, and it was fine. The reason we broke up is because I moved across the country because our family got transferred, not because I was in university and he wasn't. Yeah, I boy, is is it fun that Veronica thinks that they'll stay together even if that happens. And so Archie 
doesn't want to hold her back and decides the only way to deal well, with no, this situation. No, here's the thing. I do want to say this. Before, he does the right thing, continue, actually. Before we continue on. He says, I, he says a lot of stuff. I want to hold you back. I don't want to drag you down. Now, once again, taking a year can be fine even if you do know what school you're going to. But her giving up her dreams for someone else <laughs> and not for a reason of her own. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Um... But uh, clearly, there's also a lot of stuff stuck in there that he that he is second guessing Army and Veronica Endgame. So I'm giving him a little bit of leeway on some of the things he's saying well, here. And here's the thing: he knows Veronica. He's been dating Veronica for like a year at least. Yeah. He knows that if she took a year off, she would be making snipey, snarky comments the entire year about how she gave up Bernard to be with him. Mm-hmm. Uh. So. <laughs> So he has been prodded so much with all this end game. Be forever. You marry the person you date in uh, high school. But he's like, I gotta tell my truth. I did a kiss with Betty. <laughs> also, the song was about her. Yeah, the song you sang was for her. We kissed during Hedwig. One time. <laughs> One time. Thank God he didn't mention the where that they also kissed while they were on a break. Most not thank God because he should have been angry at her. Thank God because it had because no, it, it had nothing no, to do with nothing this. to do with it. He he didn't be like I kissed her during Hedwig. I also kissed her once earlier while we were broken up. Mm. <laughs> like like thank God he's just like no. The time that mattered was the time I'll bring it up. But we have no time to dwell on this yeah. because Weatherby wants our attention. Yep. So time for prom people time, to be announced, and it's Cheryl and, and Cheryl Tony, and Tony because they're the only characters because, who ran. Yeah, I, I kind of want to be like, "Oh, you're you're uh, actually it looks like it's unanimous because only two people ran. It's Cheryl and Tony because they were also in charge of the sign up." <laughs> they were in charge of who gets to sign up for prom. And they chased everyone else they away. They chased everyone away. Or maybe they threw out their, their entrance is so that no one else could enter but Tony. It's so bad. But Kevin, Cheryl is a person with a lot of heart. She cannot be a prom queen on her own. And it, she needs her friends who are only Betty and Veronica no, and Archie and Jughead. No, we are not skipping over this, Aaron. We are not skipping over this. She says, I'm so proud to be the first openly gay uh, gay, gay couple here. How dare you, you chase away you Kevin and Fangs? You Kevin and Fangs and then didn't even invite them to dance with your stupid, like, my court needs to dance. Kevin Fangs, want, Fangs wanted to be prom king and he's lived such a uh-huh. hard Goddamn life. He is missing. No, Kevin is missing a kidney. No, Kevin's missing a kidney. And Kevin just wanted to do something nice for Fangs. But this is what Riverdale does. Riverdale pretends that it's open-minded and diverse, and it consistently throws its minorities under a bus. And then, and then, and the way that this is portrayed is we should be like, oh, Cheryl got what she wanted through bullying. What about Kevin? Kevin literally never gets what he wants. Carrie, mm-hmm. Kevin's only storylines are about being gay, and they're only about the bad side of being gay. And, th- and then they show and Kevin's like happy, like, oh, thank thank you. For, you're right, Cheryl. Thank I, how, you da- are. how dare I want to support my what, boyfriend's what, dreams? What a, what a good person you are. You, who is who fixed your own rise to power, and we're all supposed to be like, oh, thank you. She's so persuasive. 
No, she put herself in a position where she could control who becomes prom queen. She put her and her girlfriend, her and her talking lamp next to her. Riverdale, we know you listen. Do right by Kevin. Kevin is a main character. Give him a main character storyline. That does not have to do with him being constantly punished for being gay. It's so infuriating. I actively wrote down, Cheryl, go to hell. This is so infuriating. (laughs) Anyway, we don't dwell on their dance because the lights cut out. Yeah. And then Psycho Killer plays. (laughs) Because... You know, the 70s, Aaron. Mm, you, throwback. The 90s. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. The 70s. And <laughs> Cheryl's wedding was a Reggie Mantle prank. He's like, no, no, no. Reggie spiked the punch with heroin. <laughs> this is much different. So I have a question for you. Yeah. So Psycho Killer plays, and then a video pops up. It's from the rave, essentially. Yeah, it's from the rave, yeah. and it's all of our characters who killed Mr. Honey, but now they're wearing prom dresses, and they are killing the Dave, owl. David. It's just the owl with David. Someone wearing an owl mask has David on a sign across his and chest. And then people are crazy dancing around the main characters. Yeah. Are people just excited by the Psycho Killer song? Well, it's or the, are they a part of the prank? Well, it's confusing because Some of someone, is, someone is screaming, but it's unclear if the screaming's from the video or if someone in the crowd is screaming. And one of the people who is crazy dancing is wearing a dress that is very, very similar to the dress that the Betty character in the video wears except i think a man is playing the betty character because betty is very very strong tall and broad-shouldered which doesn't matter but it's not the same person who's so well i mean like are some kids just excited by the song and dancing no no, aaron what happened was once psycho killer started playing because what happens before this is that there was essentially going to be a slow dance where the prom queen and queen dance and all of her court dance mm-hmm. and then psycho killer played and the crowd got excited oh because they thought they thought was, music yeah they on. thought this was part of it they thought like oh yeah now we all dance okay. no it was that wasn't a flash mob well because they were crazy <laughs> dancing like they were like whoa, well, whoa, whoa. yeah well it, it was hard and to dance t- the, the problem is that you what you would get is also was rapidly cutting between a very dark room with flashing lights and the rave video, which was very dark with flashing lights. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe sometimes it was confusing who... But, I mean, too fair, it was supposed to be but then confusing. And then Betty and Jughead. Jughead smashes a laptop to the floor and Betty <laughs> throws a breaker. I'm going to stop this song! So they, they stop it. And then now they assume someone was murdered? And then they run away? <laughs> I mean, they got to run to... I mean, here's the thing. You actually see on the video, it's um, it's the it's the back room of the Blue Velvet. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. run away. Um, Cheryl is busy pontificating as she walks out of the dance, being like, oh, Tony, our lives are perfect. And Tony's like, no, we're not back together. <laughs> no, no, I did this for tonight because everything's about you, Cheryl. I had to make sure you got prom queen. But as you know, you threw my life into the fireplace, so I have to go home and dig my life <laughs> this, out of the fireplace. This is the part. That I realized. I mean, to be fair, I, I don't think I honestly believe Tony lived with Cheryl. Oh, I did. I thought her grandparents disappeared during one of the riots. <laughs> I just assumed that she just, like, like it's weird to say. I assume she had moved in, essentially lived there. Uh, but she's <laughs> like, I have to get home by midnight. I'm like, oh, you still call. Your home. Your home home. home. So, okay. Also, <laughs> so in this scene... It is confirmed that Tony and Cheryl are broken up. Yeah. They are very bad at breaking up. <laughs> you can only tell that they're broken up because of Cheryl's reaction. But they could, in fact, not be broken up 
because Cheryl is not known to react appropriately to things. Well, yeah, and also, yeah. <laughs> but they are breaking up because this is the end of the fourth season, and all characters must be broken up at the beginning of the fifth season. Yes. So, Archie and Veronica now have to have their talk. In the music room. And I'm, I'm not sure why it's filled with balloons. There was no party going on in the music room. I hope Archie just took them. <laughs> He's like, I'm sad. I need these He's balloons. So, he just scoops up the balloons in his arms. And he's like, I'm bringing these with me. K.O.'s like, I'll help you, buddy. And he's like, no, I have to talk to Veronica. And K.O.'s like, cool. I'll wait outside with earplugs in. Thank you. Thank you for helping me carry these balloons. They make me feel better. Whoop. So Good. Veronica, once again, acts decidedly unlike Veronica. Yeah, I, this is not a great conversation, really. It's a nothing conversation. Veronica says, does Jughead know? Archie says, we promise never to tell. And she says, cool, cool. Well, we won't tell him. I guess we'll just pretend to be dating for two weeks and then we'll move on with our lives and never see each other again. I'll go to Bernard and you'll do whatever you do. I wanted a moment to clarify this, and I understand, once again, teenagers, but in a show where teenagers are acting like adults and teenagers at the same time, confusing. I, what I, how, I would, how I would write this, if I was going to do a script doctor, how I would mm. write this conversation, I would have Veronica ask, Why? Do you have feelings for Betty? Mm. And Archie could not answer, or like... Or he could be Archie or and... or, or, or Veronica bring up, I kind of suspected, you know... And, of course, she would have to bring up the stupid thing where it's like, when you were pretending to date, yeah. it seemed too real... Um, because it doesn't feel right the hyper dramaticness of their breakup over the actual uh, actual like events that happened. True. Like like I, like I understand. Yes, kissing someone while you're dating someone else is a big thing, obviously. But it would be nice to just clarify why this is not something they could work through. I just appreciate Veronica not being like, this is about me. How yeah. could you do this to me? It it shows growth on the part of Veronica's character. Yeah, absolutely. My, my thing is actually nothing to do with the characterization. It just has to do with that I think seeing the characters do, seeing seeing these facts be brought out would be a, a way to do a grown-up type of breakup, I guess. But we don't have time for that because what we have to do is show Betty and Jughead <laughs> busting into the blue velvet and everyone's gone. The video was live streamed and there's also a sign on the chair that says, or sorry, on the camera that says, God is watching. Yeah, whatever. I, cool. I, it's, so does Otter see himself as God? I mean, there's a whole thing in there about stuff. The main point is there's no David. There's no blood. I'm not sure if someone's actually dead. They assume someone was dead, but I assume someone was dead with every video and that's always been proved wrong, so... Speaking of characters acting in character, Veronica cries to her mom that she broke up with Archie and that something <laughs> happened between Betty and Archie, and Hiram overhears it, and you know Hiram's gonna oh my God. do so many punches. <laughs> as, as soon as Veronica said, something happened between Betty and Archie, and not Archie kissed Betty, I'm like, so, so you're gonna just make him think that something a lot worse happened. And Hiram, oh, those oh, shakes are back. In the, he stands in there, but now they're shakes of rage. Not shakes of his disease, because no. he destroyed his disease. No, now he will destroy Archie Andrews again. Um, Cheryl thinks she's a victim of her family's <laughs> yeah, curse. Match, match cut to, you know, Veronica sprawled across Hermione's lap. Now it's Cheryl 
in a a very um like <laughs> leads me to like falling across the lap of her of her grandmother. Um, yeah. So apparently, I am a victim of this family's curse. Blossoms are destined to be alone. Like, well, most of your family actually got married yeah, and had kids. That's how your family line continued. But okay. Like, like don't don't get me wrong. And then one of them died. Here's a spoiler alert for life. That's actually how it happens. Charles <laughs> is going to keep looking for David and also wait to see what the auteur do- does because oh, yeah. there's no leads. Yeah, what, what, what are we going to do? I guess we just wait for the next video. The next, next video, video is <laughs> right away. Archie gets it and it is a video of his dad's shooting, but mostly the part that relates to Archie where he sat on his knees and the black hood post- pointed a gun in his head. Now, this took me on a path. Uh, I couldn't remember why the Black Hood shot him. Fred? Yeah, I couldn't because remember why. he had why. an affair with Hermione. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I couldn't remember if that was actually the Black Hood or one of the other people who wore a Black Hood. Uh, there were a lot of fake Black Hoods. Yeah. Oh. But that was the real Black Hood. Yeah, no, yes, I looked that it up. Was the first Black Hood? Yes, that was Hal. No, that was the only Black Hood. Because the other Black Hood was a fake Black Hood, and that was Tallboy. But that was yeah. that was well the black hood was going on. Mm. <laughs> and then any other time someone wore a black hood, they weren't trying to be the black hood. It was always tall boy. They were just wearing a balaclava. <laughs> what is wrong with this show? <laughs> and yeah, so I had to look at because I could not for the life of me remember. And it feels like that should have been a defining moment that I was easily understood. It was supposed to be the birth of the black hood, a big proponent a big thing not proponent a big <laughs> part of this show component of this show um you think i would remember that and i could not remember why and then i looked it up and i said oh we shot him because you know it's an affair with uh hermione even on this wikipedia by the way this riverdale wikipedia and it is deep um <laughs> they really gloss over it quickly because it does feel like they retroactively decided why Fred got shot. Because we must have talked about this during the season. But he never tries to kill Hermione. No. No. Even though Hermione is the one who is actively who actually... doing the adultery. Because um, Fred was separated, separated from Molly Ringwald. Separated from Molly Ringwald. Her husband was just in jail. and still her husband. So, Kevin, I have a question for you. Yeah. What is this season about? What story... I mean, obviously, Charles is the auteur. What else is going on? Nothing. Nothing is happening. I don't care about next episode. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, like, like we, we already mentioned that this is not really a season premiere. So I am actually kind of connecting it on to season four. But I don't even care about it from season four. Yeah, well, especially considering how, like, none of the stakes seem high. I don't know what the auteur wants. Some grown-up is messing with some teenagers. He's like, haha, bad things happen to you guys. And it feels <laughs> like they're relying too much on the, yeah, but what does he want? He wants nothing. He just wants to punk these kids. <laughs> yeah, because no one has died. Has he killed anyone? Is no. He, is he dangerous? He might be dangerous. Or is he just mean to children? The creepiest things he, he has done was when well, Mr. Was, Honey was pretending to be him. Or when he was filming people's houses. That was creepy. Yeah, like, it's, it's hard to be, it's hard for me to say this. I understand. He is super creepy. And but he's not of, doing anything. 
yeah, like, someone should definitely be investigating this, but for it to be the crux of this show with serial killers and these things and, like, that well, weird stonewall murder conspiracy. And here's conspiracy. the thing. We know what Charles's motivation is. Yeah. He wants to be a part of his family. So him filming his family. I mean, I like, get – I the only thing I can think of – this is the only thing I can think of um, is potentially the auteur – Charles is doing this. God, if it's not Charles, Charles is doing this is so that there can still be crime around, so he can stay in town. Mm. Which is why nothing because nothing will ever nothing be, will ever even get them in which, trouble. Which is why he's not even really like breaking the law. He's just being a real creep. Because as long as he's mysterious, the FBI can stay in town. The problem is, we really here's what we need: we need a red herring. We need a thing we think the auteur is doing. So that we can we think they're doing something. Which is why all these fake black hoods were kind of a good thing. Yeah, like, why is... Why did he send a tape now to Archie, Archie randomly bringing up the black hood thing? Because Archie and Betty and Archie and Jughead aren't even really friends anymore. Well, yeah, he, Archie is not involved in the investigation of the the auteur. So why is he suddenly deciding... I mean, he did send a video of Jason Blossom's murder. Well, I yeah. I mean, don't go wrong. That's also confusing. <laughs> well, they've got two episodes to wrap it up. So, Aaron, this is the what's the this is the same season that Stonewall happened in. Sure is. Like this is what Riverdale does though. It does a storyline, then it takes a break for a different storyline, and then comes back to the first one. It's and the things are not connected. Not this connected. is just like the cult and Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my! They're God. not connected. <laughs> God, I can't keep thinking about this show. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic was just doing stuff? Yeah. <laughs> My moment is when Betty and Jughead are at the rave and they are going through and they're looking into all of those rooms. And in one of those rooms is Kevin and Reggie. The tickle video. And Fang's tickle video. Yeah. And it comes to not. Betty and Jughead do not even recognize any of their friends just, just, in that video. It's just a fun flashback. <laughs> and yeah. that was a good reminder that there were other seasons i guess the problem is that rate that the the film society rave like it didn't feel like there was a cohesive idea for it other than it's creepy weird things like i don't understand like the people who went there i guess they just went there to dance in a creepy hall and do drugs it's like going to a halloween party that's being put on by like a weird new age theater company yeah but there's it's not halloween the the, the thing i have about it's like there's no reason why the videos that are playing in the background have to be particularly Illicit. Like, they don't even have to be snuff films. They most, could be anything. Yeah, most of them aren't, aren't even actually watching the films. It's just there the, to be I color. Think, I think the worst film we saw there was the guy being tied to the tree and beaten, which, once again, they used to cut to the boxing match, which they did not comment on. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? I did. Man, there's a lot of them in here. There um, is. That's why I picked <laughs> the tiniest one. Uh, I decided to pick Reggie spiking the the, the punch. With, Which also comes to not. With heroin? 
Like it's <laughs> like they want us to forget what Fizzle Rocks slash but, Jingle Jangle slash Giggle Juice is. Yeah, but we know that Fizzle Rocks is an offshoot of Jingle Jangle. And we, we know, know it's heroin. And we know that Jingle Jangle was uh, first put out by Clifford Blossom, who in the first season, because this was before they did all the ridiculous candy type uh, drugs. Just did heroin. Yeah, he, he was just bring- ran heroin. They said he was bringing heroin in from Canada. From Canada in his maple syrup. Yeah. So, so then we know that he's he's not spiking like oh I'll put alcohol in the drink or anything like that he put heroin. And you know what? If it was like like ecstasy or something, I feel like I'd be kind of okay with it. Yeah, but no, it's heroin. If, yeah, no. If it was like if it was like something that seemed like a party drug, not a ruin your life forever. But here is the thing: Jingle Jangle doesn't know what it is. Well, no, it's not. Remember when they got spiked with it and everyone had a different reaction? Yeah, yeah. There's no. This show doesn't know what heroin is. <laughs> so by showing Reggie spiking with Jingle Jangle rather than he could just pour, pour a flask in. I get it. It's not a fun Riverdale reference. But it's our sweet boy Reggie. You wouldn't put you wouldn't put heroin in a drink. Also, <laughs> do you know who Reggie's date to prom is? I'll tell you who it is. It's KO. <laughs> yeah, good for Anytime they're dancing, does he get to dance with a girl? No. No. KO. That's <laughs> no, KO. Well, they got to get him in the scene somehow. Why God. did KO have to come to the prom? God, that entire prom the the weird Why? the weird '90s music theme, the fact that Cheryl and Tony won, and we were supposed to have some form of joy for them, and like this is the classic Riverdale episode where they're like Riverdale also prom. Yeah. Why couldn't it be a prom episode? Why can't we have a bottle dance episode? Yeah, yeah, or well, because then somebody like, could say happen the, at prom. The theme here's like even if somebody said the theme of this prom is the '90s and no one dressed like '90s, but the music was '90s. That's how kids do themes. I would be a lot more cool with that. Not the idea that they all decide to, and even if it was just "Kiss Me" and then not the rest of the songs all from between the the years of 1994 and 1998. And they're usually very good at music. <laughs> yeah. So Riverdale. I mean, it's given us a lot to talk about. This is a long episode. We're glad you're back, I guess. Yeah, well, well uh, you know, you, you, sometimes in the premiere, we got to get stuff out. The, we're, we'll we'll rein it back in the other ones. I'm really excited for three weeks from now, two week, three weeks from now, when we get to watch the real season five premiere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because at this point, we're just carrying on with season four. On the social media, it's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And I'm trying real hard to do that Instagram these days. Also, give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. We know there's a lot of Riverdale podcasts out there. Tell your friends why you choose us. <laughs> Is, yes, is it abject horror? Is it occasional weird jokes? <laughs> what is it? Is it, K- is it K.O. climbing along your ceiling like the girl from the ring? Who That's knows? what we give to you. That's what we give to you. You can Enjoy. also check out um, uh, my books, uh, All God's Fall and Endless Hunger. They're both available at my website, KevinWeirdBooks.com. Season 2 of All God's Fall will be releasing this summer. So that's something you can look forward to. should catch up with season one before it happens. And if you also want to see me write, that's at a flimsyplan.com. We'll see you next week. (laughs) I don't know why you do that so awkwardly. (laughs) I don't know either. What will the video prompt Archie to do? What will Hiram's response to Archie and Veronica's breakup be? Will we see more adventures of K.O. Kelly in the years to come? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery, Outsiders, and Abs. A teen drama fan cast?